lecture nine part two of the groundwork of the christian virtues by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture nine on humility as the receptive foundation of the divine gifts and virtues part two the first work of humility is to open the soul that pride has closed that the light of divine truth may enter and reveal you to yourself when we feel that all is not well with us then there is not peace but trouble and remorse which is the sign of god's displeasure and of our own spiritual indisposition we begin to look for a remedy humiliated in the sense of our misery we turn to god and pray for mercy this prayer is mingled with the sense of our misery and want the seven penitential psalms of david are the expression of this state of soul the more contrite the cry of the heart the more intense the desire of return to god the more the soul opens and the light enters but it enters to discover to us our wretched condition and awakens us to shame and sorrow all this while pride is receding and humility is coming into its place and as pride relaxes its hold of us and begins to move away we see its folly injustice and deformity and the hatred of it begins to rise within us this hatred is the work of humility beholding that deformity in the light of justice as christ draws nearer to the penitent soul the soul becomes more humble and takes the side of god against herself suppose yourself shut up alone in a dark room you imagine a great deal though you see but little and what you imagine is anything but the truth of which you see but little and nothing clearly this is not a state of peace someone enters who bears a light before him that light affects two things it is a light cast upon you it is a much greater light on him who brings it to you such is your condition when left within the dark shadows of your pride you see nothing clearly and nothing rightly because you are under delusions of the imagination which affect your vision in all that affects you personally christ approaches you with his light which breaks through your delusions and opens your soul to see two things yourself and the divine bearer of the light in him you see the perfect humility purity and beauty of all justice through the light which proceeds from him you see in sad contrast the deformity of your own pride defilement and iniquity you see this in the light that shines into you and awakens your conscience you see it much more in the light that brings your divine redeemer before you the more you meditate on him the more you gaze on him the more you are humbled and the more you look into yourself with eyes filled with his light the more empty and vile you find yourself and the more ashamed what can you do but cast yourself at his feet and implore his mercy recall what he has done for you and hasten to the tribunal appointed for the purification of your soul
the very setting of your sins before you the bringing of the hidden things of pride into the light the consciousness that you are putting them before god before the pure hosts of heaven and before his ministers on earth brings a deepening of your humiliation and contrition and helps the opening of the soul then descends the healing grace of purification and forgiveness on the soul in her abjection at the foot of the cross receiving into her heart the cleansing blood with the spirit of mercy you are once more the child of christ who has endowed you with his charity and raised you to a quicker faith and a sure trust in him your heart is enlarged you have recovered peace and a certain sweetness has entered your soul but what opened your soul to these divine gifts was the exercise of humility and what will preserve them is the same virtue of humility solomon says in the proverbs take away the rust from the silver and there shall come forth a most pure vessel proverbs chapter twenty five verse four but if the vessel is not clean enough to be made cleaner if it be too foul to receive what is pure if again it be not ample to receive what is both pure and great god will not throw away his noble gifts upon those who cannot be made worthy of them even by the gifts themselves again if the soul is not subject to god as well as open she cannot receive the grace of the christian virtues you may carry your vessel where else you like but it can only receive water when placed under the fountain you may place it under the fountain as long as you choose but unless the lid be opened no water will enter into it humility opens the soul which pride had closed and subjects that soul to god which pride had taken away from him when the divine author of health and life gave sight to the blind soundness to the leper and feet to the lame he always required a humble faith and trust in him as the condition the humility of faith subjected their souls to him and the humility of confidence opened them to his health-giving action two things must always concur the humility of the patient and the ability of the physician if either fails there is no cure st mark tells us that when jesus came to nazareth his own country he could not do any miracles there only he healed a few sick laying his hands on their heads and he gives the reason he wondered at their unbelief st mark chapter six verses five and six humility then is the forming of capacity for receiving the gifts of god and profound humility is an immense capacity capable of receiving the greatest gifts the saints were always laboring to enlarge this capacity by deepening their humility this was the real secret of their obtaining so great a sanctity no cost of self-abnegation or humiliation was spared that might contribute to the emptying of themselves or to the spirit of ascribing to god whatever they were and whatever they received 
and every gift they received and cultivated enlarged their capacity by enlarging their humility for although humility is the receptive virtue every christian virtue increases humility in proportion to its right and due cultivation the inexhaustible gifts that dwelt bodily in christ dwelt in the unspeakable humility that subjected his human to his divine nature of this david says thou hast made him a little lower than the angels thou hast crowned him with glory and honour and has set him over the work of thy hands psalm eight verses six and seven and that this taking the lower place and abasing himself to the cross was the receptive foundation of his honour and glory st paul explains we see jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honour that through the grace of god he might taste death for all hebrews chapter two verse nine and he says elsewhere he humbled himself wherefore god hath exalted him philippians chapter two verse nine the gifts and prerogatives conferred on the blessed virgin were all given to her humility this she expressly declares in her canticle of gratitude whosoever shall often meditate on that sublime yet most simple outpouring of the gratitude of humility will find a light in it to illuminate the deeper mysteries of this hidden virtue what do we mean when we say that of ourselves we are nothing or rather what do they mean who through great humility make this discovery and see and feel its truth habitually what did job mean what did abraham mean what did david mean what did saint paul mean what did saint francis mean what did saint catherine mean what did so many of the saints mean when they declared with the clearest and most solemn conviction that they found themselves to be nothing before god they meant far more than that vague and obscure notion of the truth which is more or less in all religiously disposed minds they saw and they felt and they realized that their existence rested on god that they were made for god and not for themselves that their whole life depended on the providence of god and their interior life upon his divine grace they saw clearly that god was their object their light their life their good and their happiness that they were incapable of any good without the help of god and that of themselves because of their origin from nothing they were inclined to evil and to nothingness without god we must return to nothingness without the help of god we must remain contracted in soul feeble in will darkened in mind closed against the light of heaven defiled with pride and concupiscence and chilled to death in all our spiritual powers with such a view of ourselves as apart from god truth justice and humility require us to admit and to confess that without god we are nothing father thanner the carthusian has ingeniously illustrated the relation of humility with the other virtues 
from the figures of arithmetic place a cipher zero this represents nothing but capacity add one cipher to another and every cipher added to the first expresses the deepening of capacity and nothing more thus a million zeros the first cipher represents a certain degree of capacity that is of receptive power or humility every cipher added to this expresses a multiplied growth of capacity that is of humility but to the first cipher of capacity add the first positive virtue by the figure one this will make ten faith resting on the first degree of humility add the virtue of hope and it becomes twenty add charity the first vital virtue and it becomes thirty but these virtues deepen humility and the more humility is deepened the more these virtues increase in us and grow in proportion the first great deepening of humility will raise the thirty to three hundred the second to three thousand and so onwards because the more the soul is opened and enlarged by humility the more amply she is filled with faith hope and charity the same may be said of all the christian virtues and it will serve to illustrate the well-known maxim of st augustine that the higher you would raise the structure of charity the deeper you must sink the foundation of humility this mode of illustration is capable of a sublime application father gratry the oratorian has employed the same method to represent the degree of union of god with our nothingness but we must remember that greater numbers often represent smaller things and less numbers greater things for example fifty thousand grains of earth can never equal one soul the figure one includes the essence of all numbers and represents the perfection of being it may stand as the symbol of god who is the perfect unity we took the figure three to represent the theological virtues we take the figure one to represent god we take the cipher again to represent the capacity of the soul for god which is formed by humility the soul is the subject of god god is her supreme object and good the more you increase capacity through the labors of humility the more you are able to receive of the power of god represent the growth of this capacity of soul by ciphers thus zero double zero triple zero quadruple zero let this capacity be united with the perfect one with the divine object of your soul and you will see how the communicated power of god increases to ten one hundred one thousand ten thousand according to the degree of humility which vacates us of ourself and subjects us to god this will help you to understand how humility is the receptive foundation of the divine gifts and to see the force of the divine word empty yourself and see that i am god and this was the perfect humility of christ as described by st paul 
he emptied himself and took the form of a servant in whom the fullness of the godhead dwelt bodily colossians chapter two verse nine his human nature was totally given up to the divine nature the rind comes before the fruit embraces it protects it and expands with its growth in like manner is humility the receptive and protective counterpart of every christian virtue and as the soundness of the rind secures the soundness of the fruit the grace of humility is inseparable from the grace of the other virtues as pride is the virulent element in every vice from which it derives its malice humility is the element in every virtue that subjects it to god and makes it acceptable to him with his acute discernment of internal things st gregory the great has marked those singular functions that belong exclusively to this virtue and has so classed the virtues as to group all the other virtues on one part and on the other humility as their counter-force and indispensable complement as well as foundation the signs he says of the great grace of christ are the virtues and humility if both completely meet in the soul there is clear proof of the presence of the holy spirit in another place he gives the reason of this when we use the virtue we have with a view to our own transitory praise that virtue becomes the servant of vice and ceases to be a virtue the reason of this is that humility is the origin of virtue and virtue can only germinate and expand when it remains in its proper root of humility if you cut your virtue away from that root it must wither up because it loses the vital sap of charity in further illustration of this great truth it may be here observed that as we are instructed by that learned pontiff benedict the fourteenth in his great work on the canonization of saints the first step taken in investigating the virtues of the person proposed for canonization is this whether humility has been practised in the heroic degree for if that fails the rest must fail as a matter of course we have chiefly considered humility as it is the receptive virtue under three similitudes as a vacant vessel made void of self to receive the gifts of god as a tree on which the virtues are engrafted and as a foundation in which they are securely placed the virtue may also be well compared with the all-receiving all-fertilizing mother earth from which its name is derived which is subject to the heavens is opened by the labor and toil of lowly men is softened by the rain of heaven refreshed with the dews warmed by the sun and becomes through these descending influences the nourishing mother of every plant that our heavenly father has planted so far from having anything in its nature to exalt us it is the death of self-glorification should it fail to be that self-glorification becomes its death yet what can this virtue yield to self-glorification 
since it only removes what is unsolid ignoble and disgraceful from us and brings us down to our nothingness before him who is all things to us the most unreasonable then of all unreasonable things is to take pride in humility which both destroys this virtue and withers up the rest yet even this folly will often arise in demonstration of the utter weakness and perversity of human nature let us turn for light to the holy scripture through the prophet isaiah thus saith the lord heaven is my throne and earth my footstool what is this house that you will build for me and what is this place of my rest my hand made all these things and all these things were made saith the lord but to whom shall i have respect but to him that is poor and little and of a contrite spirit and that trembleth at my words isaiah chapter sixty six verses one and two you give me what is my own says the almighty vacate me a temple in the lowly places of your spirit and there i will rest in you as the flowers planted in the ground are stirred by the gentle south winds to yield their perfumes so is there a tenderness in humble souls that is sensitive to every breath of grace and is tremulously alive to every ray of light and every inspiration this delicate sensibility to the breathings of grace raises up the affections to meet the low-voiced call of god that comes to the soul like the murmuring wind upon the flowers whilst her spiritual veins receive his whisperings but if the soul is but half opened and half closed upon herself she will not find full peace unless the eternal truth cut sharp like a keen and searching wind into the hidden tumours that close up the secret ways to the inmost sanctuary of the spirit but when humility has entered so far its unction gives a yielding temper to the very centre of the spirit that frees her to go forth from her poor self to meet the attraction of divine charity and to her very centre she finds herself in peace what is this place of my rest it is the soul subject to his will from her very centre st bernard does not hesitate to say that humility is the consummation of all justice and as it subjects the whole man to god to his truth to his will and to his commandments it cannot be less who he asks is just except the humble man when the lord bent himself down beneath the hand of john the baptist and john feared to act because of the divine majesty the lord said to him suffer it now for so it becometh us to fulfil all justice this was assuredly to place all justice in humility hear what the apostle says we brought nothing into this world and certainly we can carry nothing out of it one timothy chapter six verse seven this plain truth is justice but the justice of humility we take nothing to god but what we have received from him into our soul and what will he accept of us 
a contrite and humble heart o god thou wilt not despise psalm fifty verse nineteen hear what the humble prophet says my soul hath cleaved to the pavement quicken thou me according to thy word i have declared my ways and thou hast heard me teach me thy justifications make me understand the way of thy justifications and i shall be exercised in thy wondrous works psalm 118 verses 25 through 27 the humility of the psalmist is just to evil and just to good which is the consummation of justice he is just to evil which he confesses and condemns in himself he is just to good confessing that his justification is from god and in no wise from himself if the basis of humility fail all the virtues born of grace come to ruin faith loses its vitality hope sinks into despondency charity is destroyed prudence loses her sight and her balance justice is turned into injustice fortitude is loosened from her strength and temperance melts into dissipation take humility from the learned man and losing his true position and just point of view he will put imagination in the place of truth take it from the prudent man and his wisdom will evaporate in conceit and vanity take it from the man in authority and ambition will succeed to moderation and he will overstep the lines of his just power take it from the devout man and either to escape his interior desolation he will break into open evil or will give way to a wasting melancholy or whilst keeping the resemblance of his lost piety as a mask his hypocrisy will make ravaging additions to his inward corruption what page of holy scripture resounds not with the proof that god resists the proud but gives his grace to the humble one page proclaims the precept another shows the effects in men of its observance or neglect another rebukes the proud and encourages the humble a history of humility drawn from the sacred scriptures would be the most instructive of books and to continue it through the history of the church would complete a most wonderful record of the way in which god at all times blesses the humble and repels the proud then would it be seen as in two great processions of the human race the one advancing towards god the other departing from him supplying an overwhelming evidence that from the beginning of the world to our time god has always resisted the proud and always given his grace to the humble has always turned the work of the proud to barrenness and the work of the humble into a marvellous fertility of good line upon line precept upon precept example upon example one great universal law has been incessantly proclaimed by command and by example as the condition of human salvation as in the book of job he that hath been humbled shall be in glory and he that shall bow down his eyes shall be saved 
job chapter twenty two verse twenty nine and in the psalm thou wilt save the humble people and wilt humble the eyes of the proud psalm seventeen verse twenty eight and he hath looked on the prayer of the humble one psalm one hundred one verse eighteen and again the lord is nigh unto them who are of a contrite heart and he will save the humble spirit psalm thirty three verse nineteen solomon also says in the proverb humility goeth before glory proverbs chapter fifteen verse thirty three and again glory shall receive the humble of spirit proverbs chapter twenty nine verse twenty three our blessed lord sums up the teaching of the prophets in these words he that exalteth himself shall be humbled and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted st matthew chapter twenty three verse twelve st peter continues the same teaching with all the apostles be ye humbled beneath the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in the time of visitation one peter chapter five verse six it is the constant similarity in the form of the precept and of the reward attached to its observance running through the old and new testaments that gives it such a fixed unchangeable and eternal character resting on the immutable order of things and in every repetition of the fundamental law of humility there is attached to it and to it alone the promise of exaltation of salvation of the kingdom of god or of glory and why but because humility is that which god rewards with his grace and justification as the psalmist says god will justify the humble and the poor psalm eighty one verse three there may be many virtues but the reward is promised to the humility of those virtues for god never changes the rule of resisting the proud and giving his grace to the humble end of lecture nine part two